You're highly welcome to the Precious People's Assembly for All Nations podcast, a place where we share God's word and empower you for your assignment in the marketplace, guided by Senior Pastor Sam Otenaki. Now, why don't you sit tight for today's sermon as we dig deep into the word and discover how to be God's representatives wherever we go. Just lift up your hands to him if his bid is God. He said we'll be here lifting up our hands even when it is not easy. We'll be here lifting up our hands. We'll be here to worship him all the days of our lives. Even when it's not easy, it's flooding, when it's raining everywhere, even when the rain has taken off the roof of your house, will you still be here to worship him? When it's not easy, just lift up those hands and say, Lord, I'll be here worshiping you. I'll be here forever. As long as you give me breath, I will worship you. No matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances are, whether it is good, bad, or ugly, I will continue to worship you. Yes, I will continue to worship you. Even when it's not easy. We'll be here lifting up holy hands. We will be here lifting up those hands to you in your presence at all times. We'll remain desperate for you, Lord. Desperate for your situation. Desperate for your presence. Father, we thank and we appreciate you. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. And the people of God say, don't go yet. We may be preaching together. Don't go yet. Just remain where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know whether what the prophetic song they have brought this morning makes any meaning to you. Amen? Give us the first stanza. I took the pictures of the lyrics, so I want to show you a few stuff, but for the benefit of everyone, he said, I'll be here lifting hands, even when it is not easy. Is it easy this morning? Those of you who are here, is it, was it easy for you? Well, look around. For those who don't know and understand what it means, they, they chicken out. Can I have an amen? It says, I'll be here lifting hands even when it's not easy. Even when there is no family lunch to come back to. And all we could muster is just some little crumbs for the children who will still be here lifting up holy hands. Next stanza. That's why I said it's a prophetic song. I said, I'll be here bowing down all of the days of my life. I will be here. Will you be here in God's presence all of the days of your life? That's why I said it's a prophetic song. When those songs are going on, I'm looking at the words and I'm allowing them to speak to my heart. It's not just to come and lift up songs or dance. No. Will you be here bowing down all of the days of your life even when it's not easy? When it's tough. Next stanza. I will go from faith to faith. From glory to glory. May you go from faith to faith. I say from glory to glory. In the name of Jesus. Next stanza. 
I will forever be what? Do you only chase him when you have a big offering or when you want to bring your tithes? Thank God for e-voting. I say e-voting. Thank God for e-offering. Hallelujah. Or is it only when you have a new dress, you want to go and pepper them that you have this new set of dresses. That's when you come to church. That's when you chase after him. When you have finished all the new clothes, the motivation to come to church is no longer there. Is that you? He says, I will forever be chasing after you. Whether I have clothes or no clothes, shoe or no shoe. My life has no meaning without him. He says, I can do nothing without him. Will you forever be chasing after him? He says, I will never be, never be satisfied. So here I am. Fill me up with your presence. Are you satisfied with your level in God? Are you satisfied? You've got into your comfort zone. Thank God for what God is doing in your life. Thank God, beautiful children, doing good in school, good grades. Thank God for their lives. You are able to pay their bills. What else? If that's all we are here for, then it's no use. It's no point. If all we are here for is to marry, have a beautiful family, have a good job, have some money stashed up in our account, it's not worth a living. That's the reason why Christ saved us. Then we can as well remain an unbeliever. Saved us so that we can extend the frontiers of his kingdom. So that through us, our life can be a reflection of his glory. To draw men and women unto himself. As if I be lifted up. God wants to be lifted up. Christ wants to be lifted up in our lives. So that we can draw others to him. Because I'm desperate for more. Desperate for more, for more of you. Hallelujah. I'm desperate for more of God. Hallelujah. Listen, friends. The message has defined its own direction this morning. I was going to share this with you and I will still do that. Amen. You cannot sit down because I'm still standing. Eh? These are serious issues. When you sit down and some of you will be carrying your phone, you think you are writing a message and you will be browsing. Hallelujah. I know you don't do that. Hallelujah. Listen, folks. I read this article from, you know, um, I subscribed to CNN News. Friday, June 9th. Listen. What's the topic? People in China are so worried about the economy, they are asking for divine intervention. China's post-COVID reopening was supposed to be the stimulant that the world needed. But after an early burst of activity, growth in the world's second largest economy appears to be stalling. That's not the news. Now listen to the news. Disillusioned by the deteriorating economic outlook, young people are flooding to Buddhist and Taoist temples to pray for divine intervention in, number one, securing jobs. Two, getting into good schools. Three, or becoming rich overnight. Does that sound like Nigeria? 
Doesn't it sound like Nigeria? Getting rich overnight. In China. Youths, young people. Data released this week showed Chinese exports fell 7.5% in May from a year ago. Let me leave that. Economic uncertainty has driven temple visits and tourism to new heights according to analysts and travel websites. Listen, no school going, no hard working, only incense burning. They are no longer ready to go to school. They are not ready to go to hard work, to work hard. They just want to burn incense, to pray. Hallelujah. A philosopher said religion is the opium of the masses. And that's why you see the advanced world, there's no need. They don't need God. They have a good job as they come out of school. They are even as students. There's work they are doing and making money. So why do they need to seek divine intervention? But in the second largest economy in the world, now they are running to temples for divine intervention. And when I got in and they began to sing that song, I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. Why are you seeking God? Is it for divine intervention? Is it for breakthrough? Or is it for visa to Japa? Is it for a good job? Is it to get rich overnight? Why are you seeking God? Why? Let's ask ourselves. Even when it's not easy. Hallelujah. Because if we do not ask ourselves these questions, we can just be on autopilot. I don't know how much you desire or love God. This life is not worth a living without him. He saved us so that we can live this life for him. It's not your life. If you are a child of God, you are saved. The life you are living is not yours. It's his life that is flowing through you. When he went to the cross, you were supposed to be dead on the cross to pay for your sin. But he paid the price. So that you should no longer die but live for the one that loved you and gave himself for you. Why are you in his presence? Is it for good jobs? Is it for divine intervention in the affairs of your life? Those are part of it but that's not the main reason. We're seeking him because he's our father. We're seeking him because he gave his very best for our own lives so that we can help him to fulfill the purpose that he has earmarked for us to fulfill on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands this morning. Say, Lord, I thank you because I'm your child. I thank you because I'm not here just for the things of life, not for good job, not to get rich overnight. I'm here because I love you because you first loved me. I'm here because you gave your life for me so that I can live for you. I'm here because of purpose and destiny. I'm here to fulfill that portion of mine that you have earmarked for me to fulfill upon the face of the earth. I'm here so that I can show forth your glory so that men can be drawn to you. That's the reason why I'm here. 
riches we follow, those are additions. Wife, husband, children, those are additions. The good things of life, those are additions, but they are not the main reason. You are the main reason, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we are grateful to you. Just thank him this morning and recommit yourself to him. You are not here because of things. You are not here because you want divine intervention as it were, because of a good school, because of a good job. No! You are here because he's your father. You are here because he created you so that you can be his regent upon the face of the earth. So that you can be his representative in your sphere of influence. So that you can be his representative within your larger family. So that you can show forth his glory to your world. That's the reason why he saved you. Father, we are grateful. We recommit ourselves to you this morning. Asking, O oh Lord, that your mercy will continue to pour forth in our lives in abundance. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we receive multiplied grace to be able to carry out your will and your will alone. Even upon the face of the earth. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we are not here because we want a good school. We are not here because of a husband. We are not here because of a job. We are not here to get rich overnight. We are here because we love you and because we want to fulfill your purpose even for our lives on this side of eternity. And we know that every other thing, good school we follow, good husband, they are all additions. We are here to seek first your kingdom and its righteousness. We know every other thing shall be added. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. And the people of God say, Amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Thank you. Please, you may be seated in his presence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. I hope you caught that. Glory to God. Amen, amen. Thank God for your life because it's not easy this morning for anyone. And because you are here, thank God for your life. Please put your hands together for yourselves if you are here this morning. Hallelujah. I'm sure you can do better for yourself. I'm sure you can do better for yourself. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Amen. Well, we continue with our series this morning on contending for the faith. I think this is the 11th part, if I'm not mistaken, part 11. The last couple of months we've been looking at this subject and there is no better time than the situation of this morning all over the FCT with the intense and heavy downpour of rain that started since about 5 or 4.30 a.m., depending on where you're living. It began to pour in such a heavy manner that if you are not discerning, that may be the time for you to change gear and enter into another realm of sleep. Hallelujah. But thank God for your lives. Hallelujah. The Lord will not forget your works and labors of love in the name of Jesus. It's a time to contend for the faith. When we've looked at verses 5 to 7, you recall that we've been looking at this subject and looking at how it relates to you and I, saints of the New Testament in the now. 
And we've been looking at various dimensions of what it means to contend. Hallelujah. And we looked at verses 5 to 7 where Apostle Jude was reminding us of the reason why we needed to contend. Jude, verses 5 to 7. From verse 4, it says, Certain people have come into our midst, and as a result, we must contend. These people brought in, you know, they pervert the grace of our God into sensuality, using their senses and pulling us out, using all manners of deceitful behaviors. And then in verses 5 to 8, 5 to 7, it begins to tell us, to emphasize to us that, hey, folks, these things are real. I want to remind you, though you once fully knew it, that though Jesus saved a people out of the land of Egypt, but afterwards they were destroyed because they did not continue to believe, because they did not continue to remain faithful. Hallelujah. It's not enough for you to be saved. You must continue to believe. You must remain faithful. Hallelujah. It's important, it's crucial that for us to remain in the faith, we must continue to remain faithful because they did not believe those he saved out of Egypt. They ended up being destroyed because they did not continue to believe. And out of them, only two guys survived of the adult group, except their children. Hallelujah. So he gave us those five, six, and seven to relate to us that our forefathers, God didn't spare them because they did not believe. In verse six, talks about the angels that did not stay, the angels that did not, you know, position themselves or remain in their position of authority. They also incurred the wrath of God. And in verse seven, it talks about the city, the entire city of Sodom and Gomorrah that were involved in the sin called sodomy, sexual immorality, pursuing unnatural desires that neither were they spared. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. So we looked at these dimensions and looked at these folks and we have also seen what we can do. We looked at what things we can do if we would not fall into some of their mistakes. But today, by the grace of God, we are moving forward and we're looking at verses 8, 9, and 10. Hallelujah. Verse number 8. Yet, in like manner, and please listen to me and listen well, the whole essence of this is to bring us back to spiritual shape so that we can be in a position to contend for the faith that was once delivered to all of the saints. To bring us back to the place where we first believed to return us back to our first love so that the zeal of God that was burning on our inside when we believed can be restored. Can I have an amen? May the fire upon your altar never go dim. May the fire upon your altars not be quenched in the name of Jesus. May the afflictions of this present time not quench the fire upon your altars in the name of Jesus. May your family altar come alive. If it is dead, may they come alive. In the name of Jesus, may this season bring you into a new state of bonding whereby your family altar light will continue to shine brighter and brighter in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, Apostle Jude continued. says, yet, in like manner, 
These people also relying on their dreams. Remember that he was talking about the false teachers. He was referring to the false teachers that have crept into the body unnoticed, that have come into the church unnoticed. It says these people, in like manner, relying on their dreams, they defile the flesh, they reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Christ, of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. In other words, he did not talk anyhow to the devil. He said, the Lord rebuked you. He did not pronounce blasphemous judgments. He rebuked the devil in the name of the Lord. Verse number 10. But these people, false teachers, false prophets, false apostles, these people blaspheme all that they do not understand. And they are destroyed by all that they, they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Glory to God. There are a few matters arising out of these verses that I would like us to consider. And the first contemplation is in verse number 8. It's in verse number 8. Please give us verse 8 in the King James, New King James Version. Likewise, also, these dreamers, they defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Hallelujah. These dreamers. These dreamers. In other words, my first contemplation to us as matter arising out of these three texts, three verses, is that false teachers and prophets have as the basis of their practice revelation. Revelation. They don't just act, but they act based on revelation. In other words, they base their doctrine on dreams and visions. It says, likewise also, these dreamers, they base their doctrine on revelation, on dreams. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You will recall that Apostle Jude started with false teachers. But in this place, when he begins to enter into the realm of revelation, he has grouped them with false prophets. In other words, as false prophets also, they claim a prophetic basis for their practices. And you and I know, and we have taught us from Joel chapter 2 verses 28 to 29, that the language of the Holy Spirit are prophecy, dreams, and visions. That's the language of the Holy Spirit. Joel chapter 2 verse 28. And what we, it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, they shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall what? See visions. So prophecy, dreams, and visions, these are the languages of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So they are legitimate forms of revelation. 
They are dreams are a legitimate form of divine revelation. Because when the Spirit of God comes upon you, one of the languages he uses to communicate with us are dreams, visions, and then prophecy. Hallelujah. And thank God it's not limited. He says on all flesh. His Spirit can be poured out on all flesh. Can I have an amen? You don't have a monopoly of the Holy Spirit outpouring. It can be on all flesh. And I love the qualification in verse number 29. It's not only on sons, not only on fathers, not only on young men, not only on their old men, but also upon servants, men servants, and maid servants. Shout hallelujah. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter God is not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter whether you are a servant, maid servant, or men servant. God can pour out his spirit upon you because you are his creature. Shout hallelujah. The devil never made any man. Though he may seek to pervert the ways of God, but he himself was a creature of God. So it doesn't matter. As long as you are a creature of God, God can pour out his spirit on you. He can give you dreams. He can give you visions. And he can give you prophecy because those are the languages of the Holy Spirit. And I have an amen. Praise God forevermore. So, having established that dreams are a legitimate form of divine revelation, I need us to understand that all prophetic revelations need testing. They need to be tested on the basis of the entire teachings of Scripture. Hallelujah. We must test our visions, our dreams, our prophecies. We must test them on the basis of the entire counsel of the Scriptures. And why do we need to do that? Because of two reasons. Number one, is to prevent us from two equally dangerous extremes. What are those extremes? Why do we need to test prophetic revelations? Why do we need to test them? Because <clears throat> so as to prevent us from two extremes. Number one, there is one divide. You can look at revelations as a continuum and our interactions with them as a continuum. On one end of the continuum, at one extreme end, is those who accept all prophetic dreams and visions and words <clears throat> uncritically. In other words, they take it hook, line, and sinker. Everything that is said, they just absorb it. <clears throat> that is one extreme. Because how will somebody tell me, a rational person, and tell me that yes, I should open my wallet, or I should check my wallet now, and dollars of money is coming into my wallet. That angels are putting money into my wallet. So those are those on that extreme. They receive prophetic revelations, they receive prophetic words without, critically, without critical thinking. That is one extreme. And another example, many years, a few years ago, we see a story in the South African church of a pastor who asked the members to go and go out and start eating grass. How many of you know what I'm talking of? So that is one extreme. They receive prophetic words, prophetic revelations without critically thinking about it. As if they are zombies. They take everything hook, line, and sinker. 
what, why did God give you a mind to think? So that is one extreme. Hallelujah. The other extreme, and that's the, we are telling you the reasons why we must test our spirit, why we must test prophecy, why we must test visions and dreams. The other extreme are those who do not believe at all for fear of being deceived. How many of you know what I'm saying? There are those, even if it's an angel that comes and says, yeah, 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 they will not believe. They say, what do today? They have come. <laughs> they have come again. So these are two extremes. One extreme are those who take in the prophetic words, the dreams and the visions without critical thinking. They belong to one extreme. The other extreme are those who do not believe at all. They're irrespective of who the vessel is. They don't believe any prophetic word. They reject all dreams and prophetic words out of fear of deception. They say, oh, well, they have come. Lying, liar, liar, they have come again. They have started again. So they, don't, they reject all prophetic words. And dreams. So these are two extremes. But God has called us to maintain a balance. Can I have an amen? We must maintain a balance. And that's why we must test against the counsel of the scriptures. We must test our spirits, the Bible says. We must test prophetic words. We must critically think about them. What is the word of God saying? Does God operate in such a manner? Somebody gives you a word and then you must be able to critically think through and look in the scriptures and search your spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Does God operate in such a manner? There are ways that the Holy Spirit operates. We see it in the operation and the life and ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can also step into the whole, into the Old Testament and scan through by the Holy Spirit. Go into your random access memory and begin to scan through. Does God operate in such a manner? Hallelujah. But what happens? These false teachers likewise are also dreamers. Glory to God. I said glory to God. They are dreamers. They base all their actions on prophetic words. How many of you know what I'm talking about? These so-called false, they base everything on prophetic words. God said, God told me, God woke me, God said to me in a dream, God said to me in a vision, and people, multitudes are swept away. Number two, the second matter arising out of these passages, verses 8 to 10. Number two, another common characteristic of false teachers and prophets is there in verse number 8. Give us Jude 8 in the New Living Translation. In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams, they live immoral lives, they defy authority and scoff at supernatural beings. Glory to God. The second contemplation and out of these matters arising is that a characteristic of false teachers and prophets is immorality. It's immorality. It's there in black and white. This same way, in the same way, these people, these false teachers, if there's one thing that stands them out, is immorality. They live immoral lives. It's common. You hear all manners of scandalous things that are being said about them. And usually there is no fire without the smoke, or there is no smoke without a fire. Immorality is there. They live immoral lives. 
and associated with it are their cousins, the defilement of authority, and they scoff as supernatural beings. Hallelujah. So this is a common characteristic of false teachers and prophets. Immorality. They live immoral lives. How do they defy authority? They do not submit to proper godly authority who will speak truth over their lives and ministry. They only submit to those who will condone their immoral behaviors. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Can I have a better amen? We are reading and studying the scriptures. They defy authority. And for those who will care to speak truth into their lives, they will move away from them. And only gravitate towards those that will condone their immoral behaviors. Number three, they scoff, well, still under number two, they scoff or mock supernatural beings. To scoff means to mock. To scoff means to ridicule supernatural beings. I gave us an example earlier. How will someone say, please pardon me, please, I'm not a judge over anybody, but I just can't figure out, I can't, look, that's the example that keeps coming to my mind as we read the scripture. Is it not a ridicule to say, angels, we put money into your account, say, check your account, bank account now, check, there's an alert coming in, you are ridiculing supernatural beings. That's what is being done. And this is the Bible. It says in the same way, these false teachers and prophets do claim authority through their dreams. They live immoral lives. They defy authority and ridicule supernatural beings. Glory to God. Shout hallelujah. Is the stock in trade. It's a package. It goes together. It goes together. No fear of the supernatural. You lie blatantly. We read many of them. They send people ahead to a place their ministry. They collect people's car plate numbers. And then they come and say, Oh, the man with plate numbers, so so and so. This and I mean, what's that? You are ridiculously supernatural beings. The presence of God is there and you are blatantly lying in the name of prophecy. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? So these are the matters arising out of this passage. The matters arising from what Apostle Jude is calling our attention to. To beware. So beware. They claim authority from their dreams. They always see visions and dreams. The service is not complete without some visions and some revelations they have seen. And the people love it so. Hallelujah. Number three, the third matter arising, the third contemplation as a matter arising out of this Verse number nine and ten. Go to ten. Verse number ten. But these people 
scoff, mock, ridicule, things they do not understand. Glory to God. They scoff or mock things that they do not understand. Are there some things we will not understand? Many. Does, that, does it make them untrue? It doesn't take away the facts. But false teachers and prophets, they scoff at things they do not understand. And Apostle Jude is warning us that we must not be like these people. We cannot afford to fall into that mold. Instead, for you and I, as matters arising out of this passage, you and I must search out in prayers before the Lord. We must seek out from the word of God through the study of his word and with the help of the Holy Spirit those things we don't understand and not scoff at them and not ridicule things that we don't understand and not mock things that we do not understand. Hallelujah. Job 29 verse 16. Job 29 16. I was a father to the poor and I assisted strangers who needed help. Give it to me in the New King James. If there are strange things in your life, it's your duty to search them out. I was a father to the poor and I searched out the case that I did not know. If there are things you don't know, don't mock it. Don't make jest of it. Don't laugh at it. Don't scoff at it. Search them out. Search them out. I search out the case that I did not know. The cause of him that I do not know, the ESV says. You may not understand everything, but you know what? Whatever it is you don't understand, search out. In prayers before the Lord, in the study of God's word, and has the Holy Spirit to help you. Hallelujah. In the NIV says, I was a father to the needy. I took up the case of the stranger. Strange things sometimes will happen to us, but don't scoff at them. Don't ridicule them. Don't make jest of them. Instead, seek and find out the reason why. And if he chooses to let you know, praise God. And if he chooses not to let you know, praise God forevermore. Can I have an amen? Search out the case that you don't understand. Search them out. Psalm 119 verse 27. Psalm 119 verse 27. Psalm 119 verse... Make me understand the way of your precepts. So shall I meditate on your wonderful works. Hallelujah. Make me understand, Lord, the things that I do not understand. Reveal them to me. Show me the way. Show me the way to go for those things I don't understand, but not to scoff at things that I do not understand. Spiritual things must be spiritually discerned. There are things we do not know. Let's call upon God. Make me understand the way of your precepts, Lord, and not scoff at situations that we don't understand. Brother Job said in Job 6.24, teach me. Job 6.24, teach me and I will be silent. I will hold my tongue. Cost me to understand wherein I have erred. It's cost me to understand. Teach me and I will keep my mouth shut. I will hold my tongue. Teach me and I will be silent. 
And make me understand if I have gone astray. Wherever it is I have gone astray. Wherever it is I have heard. Glory to God. Psalm 141 verses 3 to 4. Psalm 1413 to 4 ESV. Friends, we must not scoff on or mock things that we don't understand like false teachers. We must search them out in prayers. Search the word of God as the Holy Spirit. We have all available at our disposal. Psalm 141 verses 3 to 4. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Hallelujah. Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with wicked deeds in company with men who walk in iniquity. Let me not eat of their delicacies. Hallelujah. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Glory to God. I say glory to God. Please rise up on your feet. Let's pray this prayer for ourselves. Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Set a guard. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Many of us, our lips, our mouth have caused us to err. Our mouth have brought calamities upon us. Why don't you ask God this morning? Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and pray for yourself. Just pray for yourself. Lord, help me. In 60 seconds, help me, Lord. Set a guard over my mouth. Keep a watch over the door of my lips. Don't allow my heart to be inclined to any evil. In the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord. Set a guard over our mouth. Keep watch over the door of our lips. In the name of Jesus. Help us, O Lord. Help us, O Lord. Do not allow us to incline our hearts to any evil. Neither to busy ourselves with wicked deeds in company of men who walk in iniquity. Help us not to eat of their delicacies. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Please be seated. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 2. Don't scoff or mock things you do not understand. That is the subject of the contemplation of this point. Don't scoff things you don't understand. Don't ridicule. Don't mock the things you don't understand. Ecclesiastes 5.2 Do not be rash with your mouth. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Hallelujah. Don't be rash with your mouth. Neither let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. If you do not understand stuff, don't mock it. Don't ridicule it. Don't scoff at it. Hallelujah. Number four. The fourth contemplation out of this passage. Subject your instincts to critical and creative thinking. Subject your instincts to critical and creative thinking. Ask the Holy Spirit to think through you. Ask the Holy Spirit to think through you. Verse number 10 of Jude. Let's look at the B part. ESV. But these people scoff at things, New Living Translation. Thank you. NLT. 
But these people scoff at things that they do not understand. We've talked about that. Now the fourth contemplation. They do whatever their instincts tell them. And so, they bring about their own destruction. Remember the first point was test all prophecies. Right? But now, it's saying something else. It says, these people like unthinking animals. They do whatever their instincts tell them to do. Glory to God. Have you been for those of you who are from the village like I do, like I am, have you seen a pack or a herd of sheep trying to cross the road before? Right? And maybe they hear a horn. Papa, what happens? And the first one shooks head and starts crossing. Even though the what will the others do? Unthinking animals. A car is approaching. And because the first one has put head and is running, all of them, because they are unthinking. They follow their instincts. That horn they have, pampa, the instinct is run. Run to where? They do not know. Unthinking animals. They do whatever their instincts tell them. And so they bring about their own destruction. And God is warning us and calling our attention as matters are rising out of this passage that we must not be like such. Let's subject our instincts to critical thinking. Let's subject it to creative thinking. Thank God for those ghost feelings we have at times, and they are good. But friends, if you are always depending on your instincts, you may end up bringing destruction upon yourself. Can I have an amen? Our instinct is different from the voice of the Holy Spirit leading us. Can I have an amen? Sometimes our instincts, the judgment is correct, it's accurate. And at other times, we know they have brought problems upon our lives. But what is God saying to us? Let's subject our instincts so that we will not be like unthinking animals. Let's subject them to critical thinking. Let's think about it. Even if that's what your instinct is saying, why don't you sit down and think about it? Oh, really? Okay. Let's subject it to critical thinking. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 8. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. There was talking about the mind of humility that we should possess. The mind of humility. But is that all that Christ had? What are the other mindsets that Christ have? Glory to God. Friends, listen to me. If we are going to subject our instincts to critical and creative thinking, asking the Holy Spirit to think through us, how shall we accomplish this? We must filter our instincts through the following. What are the filters? Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, let's read verses 8 to 9 in the message. In the message, verse 8. If we are going to subject our instincts to creative and critical thinking, then we must subject those instincts to the following filters. Summing it all up, friends, I will say, you will do best by filling your minds and meditating on things 
to thinking on these things. What are they? Number one, things that are true. Things that are noble. Things that are reputable. When those instincts and those thoughts flood your mind, filter them through these filters. That thing you think you are hearing, your instinct is telling you, is it true? If it's true, is it noble? Is it reputable? Or it will bring shame upon me? Is it authentic? Is it genuine? Is it compelling? Is it gracious? Does this speak of grace? As a child of God who is enjoying the grace of God, is this gracious if I do it? They subject those instincts to these filters. Are they true? Are they noble? Are they reputable? Are they authentic? Are they compelling? Are they gracious? Are they the best and not the worst? Is this the best I can do or the worst? Is it the beautiful, not the ugly? In other words, is, let it be the beautiful thing and not the ugly. Things to praise and not things to cause. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Then verse 9 goes ahead to nail it. It says, put into practice what you learned from me. What you had and saw and realized. The things you have seen in me. The New King James says, says do. What have you learned? What have you had? What you have seen? What you have realized? It says, do that. Put into practice. It says, do that and God who makes everything work together? Who is the one that makes everything work together? Whether it is good, bad, or ugly. Who makes everything work together? We walk you into his most excellent harmonies. Can I have an amen? May the peace of God be upon your soul. May the peace of God be upon your life. May your family enjoy his peace like never before. May his peace that passes all understanding be upon the works of your hand. In the name of Jesus. How shall we subject our instincts? How shall we subject them to creative and critical thinking? By passing them through these filters. Are they true? Are they noble? Now listen to me. If you are going to subject your instincts to what is true, to what is noble, it presupposes that you know what is right from wrong. Because if you don't know the difference between right and wrong, can I have an amen? Are you with me? Give us verse 8. It says, meditate on. Fill your mind and meditate on things that are true. If you don't know which is true, you may not be able to, you know, in a correct manner, subject those instincts to these filters. Hallelujah. Go with me to Hebrews 5. If you are going to be able to think or subject those instincts to these filters and get results and be effective, Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature who have some practice in telling what? Right from wrong. The ability to discern right from wrong is not for babes. It's for the matured. Can I have an amen? It's for the matured. The ability to discern, to tell right from wrong is for the matured. Glory to God. Let's read from verse 11 to 14. 
14 is the conclusion. Let's read from verse 11. Amplified, please. Amplified. Concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain. Since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. May that not be your portion. I said, may that not be your portion. In the name of Jesus. Every dullness of hearing, may God bring healing into your hearing in the name of Jesus. Every sluggishness in the spirit, may the Lord take them away. May he take away every slothfulness in the things of the spirit in the name of Jesus. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk and not solid food. Milk is for who? Babes. Isn't it? Milk is for babes. Solid food is for people who have outgrown their babyhood. We're talking about the imperatives for growth. You can see that again. For everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will in purpose, thought, and action. For he's a mere... is a mere... What's the difference between a child and an infant? Which one is younger? Infant. He's a mere infant, not able to talk yet. And then how will that person be able to discern between right and wrong? It's not possible. So you just, any instinct that comes, you act on it. Why? Because you are still a babe. You are not matured. You are not able to discern between that which is right from wrong. Hallelujah. Talking about the imperatives for growth. Jump with me to chapter 6 and let's read from verse 1. Same thought that still flows. Therefore, let us go on and guess past the elementary stage in the teachings and doctrines of Christ the Messiah, advancing steadily towards the completeness and perfection that belongs to what? Spiritual. That belongs to what? Hallelujah. That's where God wants us to be. Let us not again be laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works, dead formalism and of the faith by which you turned to God. And verse number three, two, with teachings about purifying, laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead, eternal judgment and punishment. These are all matters you should have been fully aware long, long ago. These are elementary things. If indeed God permits, we will now proceed to what? Advance. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? God is emphasizing the imperatives of growth. And if we will not be like unthinking animals, as brother Jude have said, if we will not be like unthinking animals, then we must grow. We must be able to discern between that which is right and that which is wrong. We must subject our instincts to the word of God. We must not just jump to act based on our instincts, but we must allow them to be subjected. Shout hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. We have the Holy Spirit. And as long as we have the Holy Spirit, he's able to think through us. And I'm trusting God that he will help us to be able to think through 
every situation that we find ourselves in the name of Jesus. We will not just do whatever our instincts tell us to do, like unthinking animals, but we subject them to the counsel of the word of God. We subject them to critical thinking. We subject them to the Holy Spirit who will be able to help us to discern whether those instincts are right or wrong, whether those instincts are true, whether those instincts are noble, whether they are compelling, whether they are authentic in the name of Jesus. Shout hallelujah. Let's go back to Jude, verses 8 to 10 once again, as we round up this morning. Glory to God. But these people blaspheme, New Living Translation we read from, in the same way these people, these people who claim authority from their dreams, they live immoral lives, they defy authority, and scoff as supernatural beings. But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. And it took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. But these people scoff at things they do not understand, like unthinking animals. They do whatever their instincts tell them. So they bring about their own destruction. That will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. I said that will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. So today, what have we said? What is God saying to us? What is he saying to us? That we must test all dreams and prophecies and we must not allow ourselves to fall into those extremes, those dangerous extremes of accepting all dreams and prophetic words without critical thinking. And neither must we also fall on the other extreme of rejecting all dreams and prophetic words out of the fear of being deceived. There are two extremes that we must avoid. Number two, we've said a common characteristic of false teachers is immorality. And associated with it is rejection of authority and scoffing at supernatural beings. That we will not fall into in the name of Jesus. And thirdly, God has spoken to us that we must not scoff things we do not understand. Instead, let us search out the matter. The Bible says in Proverbs 25 verse 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the honor of kings to search out the matter. Let's search them out. Let's search out the matters that we do not understand. And number four, we must subject our instincts to critical and creative thinking, asking the Holy Spirit to think through us. Hallelujah. And with these few thoughts, we will trust God that we will not fall into the error of false teachers and false prophets in the mighty name of Jesus. I say we will not fall into the error of false teachers and false prophets in the name of Jesus, but we will rise up and be in spiritual shape to be able to contend for the faith that was once delivered for the saints. Let's rise up on our feet this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we are grateful to you. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we are grateful. Blessed be your holy name. You remember, if you are going to contend for the faith, Apostle Jude, in latter verses, verse 20, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I want you to lift up your voice and pray in the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, I need you. I need you. You are the one that I need. I need you, Lord. Holy Spirit, help me.
in the name of Jesus. I do not want to scoff at things that I don't understand. I don't want to act just based on my instincts. I do not want to bring myself or destruction upon myself, upon my business, upon my family. But Lord, help me, help me, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I do not want to be like unthinking animals who do whatever their instincts tell them. Help us to subject our thinking. Help us to subject our instincts to critical thinking. Whether those things that our instincts are telling us, whether they are true, whether they are noble, whether they are authentic, whether they are compelling. Lord, help us. Help us to be able to discern between right and wrong. Yes, Lord, we don't want to remain infants. We don't want to remain babes. Yes, babes, infants cannot talk. Babes, yes, we don't want to remain babes that will be tossed to and fro. Help us, Lord. Help us to come up in you. Help us to grow up. Help us to grow up. Help us to grow up in the spirit. Yes, Lord, the child Jesus grew and he became strong and increased in favor with God and with man. He became strong in stature. He grew in stature. Father, help us to grow up. Whatever level we are, help us to grow. There is room for growth, for oh God. Help us to grow up. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lift up your voice and pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Help me, Lord. Do not make me, O oh God. Do not allow me to be like unthinking animals who just act based on what my instinct tells me. Or help me to be able to subject my instincts to your word. To be able to subject it to critical thinking. To be able to think true. Holy Spirit, think true, O oh Lord. Help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Zenta, topra, copa, zeta, mezandaraba, sekatota, superia. Lift up your voice and pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself in the name of Jesus. Mezanta, topra, capa, sekatora, recapo, shekataria, leria, masankato. Pair yourself with somebody. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister. Pray for one another. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Building up yourselves upon your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Mezata topra kapa sekata. Mezanta tapro kapa zegata. Kalarababa zegata rababa zegata riapako sekata. Ngeleria papako sekata tapro kapa sekata. Mengo larababa separabako sekata riapako zegata. Kalarababa zengete reposo barababako sekata. Kelarobaba zegato riapazandaraba. Help us, Lord! Oh, ma sempro kapa zegatoria paka sekata. Kela rababa zegata rababa sekataria pako zegata. Ngeleria paka sandaraba sekata. Kala rababa zegata tapako rabako zegata tapako rabako zegata. Kele repopo soparabako sekatoria mako zegata. Mezandaraba sekata. Kela roma sembaroba pasekatora. Help us, Lord. We need your help. In the name of Jesus. Building each other up on your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Ghost. Mezanda raba sepra kopa. Mekola raba sekato riapaka zegata. Mezanda raba sekata tapro kapa zegata. Mezanda raba sekoto riapa shikata. 
Mekeleria papa semburo baba shekata Mezanta topra kopa sekata Reke poso para baba sekata Oh ma zembro kapa shekataria Yes Lord, yes Lord Even when it's not easy We are going to hold on to you When it's not easy When it's not easy Lord Yes Lord, yes Lord Mezanta tapro kapo sekata Kalaro pako sekatalo Ngeleria masanta ribasata Kalaro pasekato Taparapa ko jegatato Keleria mazamburo bapako sekata Ngeleria pako senderia paka sekata Reke poso parababa Lift your voice and pray in the Holy Ghost I want to hear you pray in the Holy Ghost Zenderia poso katarababa Kelaro pasekataria Reke poso parababa shikata Mezanda rabo seboria Que la ropa senderia pasakata Que la raba baba zekata Mezanda ria boka sekata Reke bobo suparia pako shekata Oh ma zembro kapo shekato Ria pasekata raba baba Mezando raba sekatora Ngele ria pasambro kapa sekata ato Kele ria ma zembro baba ko shekatota Kele ria pako sekata ato bro kapa zeka Reke poso baraba shikata ria Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. In Jesus' name, we pray. And we have come to the end of yet another intriguing session of the PPA Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has touched your heart and inspired you to be a light in your marketplace. So, in order to stay connected and access more empowering content, kindly visit our website at pbfn.org. Now always remember, you are a citizen of heaven and God's ambassador here on earth. May God's love and grace guide you in all your endeavors. Until next time, goodbye and God bless.